What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. What is going on, friends? Nick Person here. I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at New Vision, and I am always so thankful to be able to read God's Word alongside of you, kind of highlight some things that the Lord is teaching me as I read these passages. And if you are new to this podcast, we are so glad that you are here. I'm going to read the passage in its entirety, and then I'm going to pull out some truths that have impacted me and hopefully have some practical steps we can take to reflect the Lord even better as we walk this journey. And so today I am reading out of the NIV. Um, And so if yours sounds a little different or reads a little different, it might be because you're reading a different translation. And today we find ourselves in 1 Samuel chapter 18. Now I am reading the whole chapter. Luckily, it's only 30 verses, so it's not incredibly long, but um, we are going to dive in. And so I'm going to read it in its entirety, and then I'll give some insights and some highlights, and then we will go from there. Let's, let's begin to read. 1 Samuel chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day... Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house. While David was playing the lyre, as he usually did, Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in their campaigns. And everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When he saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judea loved David because he led them in their campaigns. Saul said to David, here is my older daughter, Mariab. I will give her to you in marriage. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. But David said to Saul, Who am I and what is my family or my clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? So when the time came for Mariab, Saul's daughter, to be given to David, she was given in marriage to Adriel of Mahola. Now Saul's daughter Michal was in love with David. And when they told Saul about it, he was pleased. I will give her to him, he thought. 
so that she may be a snare to him, and so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, Now you have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. Then Saul ordered his attendants, Speak to David privately and say, Look, the king likes you, and his attendants all love you. Now become his son-in-law. They repeated these words to David. But David said, Do you think it is a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I'm only a poor man and little known. When Saul's servants told him what David had said, Saul replied, Say to David, The king wants no other prize for the bride than a hundred Philistine foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. When the attendants told David these things, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. So before the allotted time elapsed, David took his men with him and went out and killed 200 Philistines and brought back their foreskins. They counted out the full number to the king so that David might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him his daughter Michal in marriage. When Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michal loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him, and he remained his enemy for the rest of his days. The Philistine commanders continued to go out to battle, and as often as they did, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers, and his name became well known. Dun, dun, dun! Talk about some intrigue. Here, let me just go ahead and say this. What I love about God's word, it leaves it all in there. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between. And for me, that helps me know the legitimacy of God's word because it doesn't leave out the messy parts. And let's be real, everybody. This is a very messy part. Here we have David and Saul and this dynamic that's going to continue throughout 1 Samuel. And we're going to see what God is up to and what God is doing. In 1 Samuel 18, you have to remember what has just happened is David has just defeated Goliath. And so now David has been called into the household of Saul to serve and to work with him. A couple of things that stick out to me. In chapter 18, beginning really in verses 1 through 5, we see this posture of the king's son. He is giving David a place at the table. He is giving David a seat. He takes off his robe. He gives him his sword. And he is saying, you know what, God? I don't have to have a position to know I have a place. Let me say that again. I don't have to have this certain position to know I have a place with you. And so he open handedly, very much surrendering his place to David. You got to think most people would try to keep David afar, try to keep David in a lesser position because David, in essence, hasn't been anointed the next king where that could have been Jonathan's spot. But Jonathan doesn't try to hold on to a position. He doesn't. He doesn't have anything to prove or earn. He knows he has a place and that's enough for him. What we see with Saul is we see that Saul is always grabbing for his place, trying to hold on tightly to his place and his position. But it is eventually taken from his hands in that that very pinnacle scene between Samuel and Saul. when he says, you know, it just has my robe has been torn. That is what the kingdom has been torn from your hands. And so we see this posture of humility and Jonathan, this really beautiful posture of surrender. And then as we continue in chapter 18, when we get to verses around verse six, we see that these ladies and these people are cheering for David and Saul. And they go, oh, Saul, you've killed your thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. May I just speak here? And I don't know, but I do not think that these people who are cheering this and singing this song 
are thinking that Saul is less than. They are just speaking to what is true. David has experienced victory after victory after victory. And Saul has done that. But I don't think how Saul is receiving this is how it was intended. But it just shows you the posture of Saul's heart. See, sometimes how we respond to things really reveals reveals the posture and the condition of our heart. See, when we're able to cheer along those in their victories, when we're able to mourn with those who are mourning, that shows that we have a tender heart. But because of Saul's response of, wait a second, his victory is taken away from me. That is a very much an indicator of where Saul's heart is. And let's be honest, everybody, it is not in a good place. And then as this plot thickens in verses 17, you see that Saul's like, oh, let me offer my daughter so that he might be a, she might be a snare. And David takes this honor and this role as son-in-law to the king very seriously. He's like, who am I? Who am I? Again, revealing the heart and the posture of David. David is not trying to get something or gain something. He is just trying to be who God has called him to be, which is very interesting that you see that David is not seeking something. He's just being something. And I, and I wonder for you, do you find yourself being who God says you are or seeking to gain something, seeking for position, seeking for fame? And that is not the best posture because you have been given a seat at the table. You've got nothing to earn and nothing to prove. We just get to respond. But we see that Saul's oldest daughter is given to someone else. But Saul finds out that his daughter, Michal, loves David. And then Saul says, well, why don't you go get me a hundred Philistine foreskins in order as a dowry for my daughter, this payment for my daughter to show me that you're worthy, to show me that you really want to marry her. And what does David and his man do? He goes and he gets 200. But listen, here's so interesting. Saul was trying to leverage that battle with the Philistines for David to die. Does this not sound familiar to something that David's going to find himself doing later on when it comes to Bathsheba? This has never really stuck out to me before, but it's interesting that Saul is doing this very wrong and vile thing, but David's going to find himself repeating the same posture and doing the same thing. And it's quite interesting. And as it continues to go um, earlier on in the text, you will see in verse 10, I, I don't want to miss this, about this evil spirit that comes upon Saul to torment him. Cloud tomorrow is going to talk more about that, so I don't want to dive in deep to that. But we also see this kind of spirit of God that comes upon David and it's taken off of Saul. This favor that was put on David and taken off of Saul. And that was done because really Saul was not walking in obedience. And so God's like, fine, Saul, you want to do it your way? I'm going to take my hand off of you and I'm going to put my hand on someone that is willing. And then we see just in the posture of David of his heart condition is so different than the heart condition of Saul. As we keep going, we see that David continues to have success. He ends up getting Mikael's hand in marriage. And they keep using this term that it's the more, um, it says that Saul became more afraid of David. Why would he come more afraid of David? Well, part of it is he feels threatened by David. David is not seeking something. David is just being something in that it's very unnerving for someone who is trying so hard to please everyone around him. And now he's in the company of someone who is walking in the ways of the Lord, who is trusting the Lord, who is fixing his eyes on the Lord and walking in his ways. And that unnerves Saul and it makes him feel even more insecure. 
What Saul could have done, which is a right response, is rejoice in how God was using David. Rejoice in how his people were prospering. Rejoice in the fact that they're winning the victory. Rejoice in the fact that people are singing a song even about him. But no, what does he do? He fixes his eyes on what he doesn't have and what someone else does, and he becomes bitter and his heart becomes hardened. And so today, I wonder, what is the condition of your heart? When those around you have success, how do you respond to that? When those around you are getting praises, how do you respond to that? When you have an opportunity to cheer for someone and encourage someone, do you take that road or do you take the road of someone whose heart is becoming bitter and hard? Let me encourage you, if we want to have a heart like Christ, our heart is moldable, our heart is tender, and our ways are different. We get this opportunity to reflect Christ in all the things and what better way than when someone is having success to encourage them, love them and walk alongside of them. But that is not what we see from Saul. And also, David was just being obedient and God was using that obedience in big and great ways because God's a multiplier. So today, remember that what is required of you and what you're invited into is obedience. And we all can be obedient. Is it difficult? Yes. But is it best? Most definitely. As we continue tomorrow, as Kyle jumps in and gives a little bit more illumination to some of the texts we talked about today and continues on the journey, I pray that you will continue to lean in. And also, maybe today, maybe what you need to do is invite a friend to listen along with you to this podcast. What a bold step of faith and an obedient step to take because this is what we have been called to invite people to the table and introduce them to the king. We're not called to make people fall in love with Jesus, but we are invited to set up the day. May we do that. May our hearts reflect the king. May they stay tender and moldable. And may we keep walking well with Jesus. Listen, everybody. So glad that you took some time today to lean in, listen to God's word, wrestle with the text. And I hope that today you will walk in it. Today that you will examine yourself and walk differently in light of God's word. We're for you. We love you. And we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.